We ready behind the camera? All right, here we go. Welcome, everybody, to Dictations. Um, it's been a while since you've seen me on the Dictation show, and uh, and I'm I'm excited about. It. I'm excited to be back. You know, uh, a lot of people know that the doctor's note started with um, you and I doing dictations and uh, it being kind of a, a, of a interview format. We've done it through the phone. We've done it through Skype. And, and I think we're going to start doing it more in person in this type of format. Uh, we're trying to bring the most value uh, to the people that are, that are taking time out of their busy days and trusting us with this sort of health and wellness information. Uh, Dr. Rogers, thank you for, for being here. Thank you for the weekly dictations. We're, we're on number 171, I believe. Uh, that's over three and a half years of these weekly health and wellness updates. Uh, and just that number is kind of wild to me. Three and a half years. That's a lot. That's consistency. And uh, <laughs> hopefully it speaks to the fact that we're able to stay healthy enough to do them every week without missing a week. Um, I can't remember a week or a day when either one of us has missed work. So obviously we're kind of um, using our own knowledge of medicine to stay healthy. So um, yeah, that's a long, that's a lot of weeks. That's a few years. And, you know, I've enjoyed working with you on this. It's great to be at your place today. Um, in this is, a, this is a Saturday. That's a Saturday in Knoxville. Um, you can tell by our attire. That's uh, right. If you're, if you're watching on YouTube, you can tell uh, that this is a Saturday uh, type of tire for us. You know, a lot of times we capture you in between patients, uh, for, for five at five and even in the past with dictations. Um, but I'm really glad you mentioned that just about the importance of staying healthy. And you mentioned, um, before we started this, that you wanted to, you want to do a quick COVID-19 update. And, you know, why don't you talk to us just about your latest findings, whether that's through you seeing COVID patients, uh, over the phone and also through the articles that you're reading. Right. Well, of course, COVID's on everybody's mind right now. And um, I've treated about 50, 55 cases um, by telemedicine over the past month and treated individuals, whole families where everybody got it. And just kind of an update on um, who gets hit the worst with this, um, which people it doesn't seem to affect as badly, and what you can do to prevent it, um, because we do have another season rolling around, i.e. flu season, so, you know, we may get hit with a double whammy. Um, I am optimistic about the COVID situation right now, because it's the middle of fall, and things tend to be opening back up, our schools, people are going back to work at the big industries, um, Ball games are on, and um, life is kind of returning some semblance of normal. I don't think it'll ever quite be the same because we've realized that we weren't prepared for this as a country or a world, and I think it'll change the way um, people do things as far as infectious disease uh, are concerned. So some good things will probably come out of a very bad situation. This And that brings, I mean, the first question I think about as we head into a flu season, do you think with some of the precautions we're taking as a country, as, you know, as a state and, uh, you know, within our, our cities, do you think there's going to be less flu this year because of the precautions we're already taking due to, due to COVID uh, restrictions? 
You'd think it would be. You know, flu is hard to predict. Some years it hits hard. Uh, others it doesn't. Um, the flu shot sometimes hits a little bit. Most of the time it misses. Most cases, I think. I don't even take the flu shot anymore, and that's weird for a doctor to say after 35 years of telling people to take a flu shot. But after, you know, talking to thousands of patients that tell me it gives them the flu or they get the flu every time they take a flu shot, um, and myself having taken flu shots and it didn't make a difference, um, I am very skeptical of the flu shot. So I don't, I don't take one anymore, even though I'm 65 years old. Now, I won't say don't take a flu shot because I still think if you're at risk, like you're really elderly, you have a lot of chronic debilitating illnesses, you're diabetic, um, then you probably have at least some reduction in the flu if you take a flu shot. So I'm not against it at all um, in that regard. But um, I found it interesting when Dr. Fauci was interviewed a few weeks ago and we've gone over this before, but I'll mention it again. I thought it was fascinating that they were interviewing Dr. Fauci and the head of our allergy immunization program. And they said, Dr. Fauci, you're almost 80 years old. Aren't you worried about getting sick? And, and um, he goes, no, you know, I feel really good. The only thing that had, I had this year in November, I had H1N1 flu. I'm thinking... I'm sure he took the flu shot, and you still got the H1N1 flu, i.e., that shot didn't work, did it? So I'm not saying don't take the shot, but I'm real skeptical. It's a hit-and-miss thing, and it's not their fault. It's just an inexact science. And, you know, the same thing may be true with this corona vaccine. Who knows? It may be the same as a flu shot. It mutates, they change. You may have to take more than one shot. Um you know, whether it's the answer or not to the end of this pandemic, I don't know. I'm not convinced that it is um, because it may not work for one reason. And I don't think I've talked to anybody that tells me if the, if the vaccine was available today that they would even take it. So um, you got to be a little bit skeptical. So my opinion is that we need to kind of continue to develop this herd immunity but also the main thing we need to do is realize that you know we're a susceptible nation for sure in the world but especially here in the United States where we've got all these chronic illnesses morbid obesity epidemic and that's the main risk factor in my opinion on dying from this thing is morbid obesity maybe besides very elderly people so in my opinion, what we need to be focusing on right now is something every individual can do for themselves. Start getting your immune system built up to where if you do get exposed to this, um, you know, you'll, you'll shake it off, maybe not even get it. That's the weird thing about COVID is half the people that get this COVID um, have no symptoms at all. People get the flu, 100% of them have symptoms. They all get sick with that. With COVID, not so. So... It's a really unusual, novel virus because we've never seen anything like this before. But today, you know, in doing a lot of research and reading, um, I kind of want to point out the things that you can do again, like I've been emphasizing for months now uh, in taking care of your immune system, taking the correct vitamins, making sure your sugars and your blood pressure are controlled because hypertensive and diabetics are much more prone to get this, as well as the new... I did. Why do men get this? 
you know, much more than women do. 60% of the deaths are men, not women. Well, and I, I want to pick your brain on that one. But before that, I, I just want to mention something for the audience here. You know, one thing I've noticed throughout this COVID thing, um, throughout this pandemic, is, you know, some of the people that I follow, you know, whether it's through, uh, you know, Twitter or I'm a huge sports fan, so I see a lot of these sportscasters. There's been a lot of people who have lost a lot of weight during this time. If you know the people who have really used this um, uh, the the quarantine and, and this COVID nineteen pandemic in a in a very um, constructive way, uh, they've lost a ton of weight. There's a, a I don't know if anybody follows um, ESPN, but but Damian Woody, who is a who is a football player. I saw him for the first time in a couple months back on uh, back on Get Up, which is a a show on ESPN. He's lost I, I want to say sixty to eighty pounds. Looks great, and and I think that's kind of the response that we. I know that that's the response that you've been encouraging is like, hey, you know, instead of worrying so much, I know you've told me a, a lot that just as you know, being my dad, but focus on the things that you can control. And, and some of these people have done such a good job of, of getting their weight off and just, I'm sure their energy levels are up and they're also protecting themselves from, you know, dangerous, you know, infections. Right. I mean, if you look at the demographics, watch the news, the people that are dying of this disease by far are morbidly obese people. I mean, just watch the news. There's no doubt about it. So if you're really obese, you should be scared to death of this virus because it can definitely kill you. It will compromise your already substandard lung function. This is a lung infection, which leads to blood clotting. It's what kills people, and it causes heart disease as well. So, um, you know, I've been fighting obesity in my patients for 35 years. You know, my main focus when I went out on my own was really to fight the obesity epidemic because I felt like mainstream medicine was just piling one drug on top of the other to treat metabolic syndrome, high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, obesity. So instead of really getting to the root of the problem, i.e. you're obese, why are you obese? Because you're eating the wrong foods for one thing. So those medications were not actually helping people get weight off. No, they weren't help. No, they weren't helping anything really, except maybe taking money out of your wallet, causing side effects, and side skipping the main problem: you're not eating right and you're overweight. Now, as a you know a, a non clinician, I'm assuming that doctors and providers put patients on those medications to improve numbers. So you're you're probably seeing right. an improvement on numbers, yet they're still not feeling well and their weight certainly is still obese. I mean, yeah, that's right. And a lot of those medications are very dangerous, as you know. I mean, you know, like we went over a few weeks ago in, in one of my podcasts, you know, medical errors are, and, you know, prescription drug deaths are, I think, the second, second to third leading cause of death in this country. You know, we're an over-medicated overfed, wrongly fed, under-exercised, underslept, overly anxious population. So you got to step back and look at the root causes. And those medicines, even though they may make your numbers look a little better, and some medications are necessary. I mean, I'm a medical doctor. I use medications every day. But the first thing I want to do is, is um, get you eating right, get you leaner so that you can get off some of those medications and live a healthier lifestyle. But um, so 
getting back to why men um, die far more frequently than women of this disease, it has a lot to do with uh, a couple things. One is um, the ACE2 receptor, which this virus enters through the ACE2 receptor in your lungs. Now, that's an ACE2 receptor, which are far more common in men, is a receptor you think about uh, causing high blood pressure. I mean, some of the medicines we use for hypertension are uh, ACE2 receptor blockers. So men have more ACE2 receptors, one reason why they probably have more hypertension than women. And in fact, hypertension is a major, major risk factor for dying of COVID and even getting COVID. So men have more of these receptors. And um, the other thing is that hormones, um, as you know, besides fighting obesity, my main expertise is on hormones of every kind, not just estrogen, testosterone, but insulin, thyroid, cortisol, vitamin D. Um, so, which a deficiency in vitamin D is a major, major risk factor for dying of COVID. If you go in the ER with COVID and you have a really low vitamin D level, you have a really you may have a really bad outcome. And all it takes is you can't get enough through the sun. All it takes is taking one dirt cheap supplement every day for the rest of your life, uh, preferably D with K. But um, in any event, um, it turns out hormones have a, a lot to play too in this disease. Uh, we know testosterone through several reports out of the big league universities show that testosterone is very protective um, against COVID. So if you're a, an older man with a normal or higher optimal testosterone level, you're much more likely to do fine with COVID. But it seems like one of the main players in this thing is estrogen. You know, women have estrogen, men have very little, some, but estrogen it turns out to be very protective for women only in uh, prevention of COVID. Um, and it, it, it gets complex. It has to, it interacts with that ACE2 receptor as well. But women, uh, as you know, are protected against heart disease because of estrogen. When they go through menopause and they lose most of their estrogen, that's when they catch up really rapidly with men and heart disease. So that's another. So estrogen in women is protective of COVID. Huge study out of Wake Forest. Uh, just this past week, uh, showed that. So um, for postmenopausal women, that's another reason to get on bioidentical hormone replacement, which is very safe. You know, you need to start thinking about your hormones because when your hormones decline, you decline in every way, and that makes you much more susceptible to not only heart disease and cancer, but also viruses because your immune system is lowered. So you need to think about getting your hormone levels checked and optimizing your hormone levels. Well, one thing you always say is that testosterone is protective for men and estrogen is protective for women. Um, does testosterone act in the same way for men in terms of, you know, estrogen is, is, is interacting with the ACE2 inhibitor in women. What is the testosterone? How is it protective for COVID in this situation for men? I don't think it has a lot to do with the ACE2 receptor. But um, it, it, the general health of your body um, is great with testosterone. I mean, think about it. It builds muscle, which burns fat, gives you energy. 
um, improves your mood. All those things help your immune system. And the other thing you can't ignore is your gut. You know, we're always talking about gut health. When somebody walks into my office, I always ask them, how's your gut working? And if it's off, then we need to look at that first. So everybody should also pay attention to their gut, i.e. take a probiotic. And, you know, uh, there's several things that you can do that are just common sense things. One of them is to stay healthy. And that it will, every, if you do that, everything else falls in line. You're much less susceptible to getting the virus. And if you do get the virus, then not getting real sick with it and fighting it off. And I'll just reemphasize for the people watching it, you know, zinc, D, C, and I know you've mentioned gluten shield quite a bit, gluten shield or a pro, pro, probiotic that you like. Is right, that where right, you're at in terms right. of? Gluten shield is my favorite uh, because it has a prebiotic, probiotic, digestive enzymes, lactase, which blocks down dairy, and a gluten blocker. So for me and thousands of patients that we – uh, prescribe it to it's, it's just a wonder I mean it can really turn around IBS and a lot of leaky gut symptoms so it's funny you know I was, I was working up front uh, with you guys in the Kingsport office yesterday and there wasn't there wasn't many patients who left without gluten shield and um, and they were actually replenishing and uh, and the the feedback is just phenomenal how just how protective it is how much better they feel and how, like, why does that work out of curiosity why do you feel so much better when your gut is working properly is it just like you don't have you have less stomach aches it's no it's not just stomach aches that's true but um it has a lot to do with nourishing your body because if your gut is off if you have loose stools constipation gas bloating you know you're not digesting your food and getting your nutrients into your bloodstream and your cells so it automatically puts your your body's defense systems at a weakened state. So that's the first thing I look at with somebody that comes to me with autoimmune disease or they're tired. Well, how's your gut doing? And 99% of the time it's, oh, it's terrible. Well, how long has it been terrible? For years. So they're either eating the wrong foods that they're sensitive to, like sugar, glutens, dairy, corn, maybe nightshades. Everybody's different. Um, and that gut bacteria is out of balance. Now, remember, that bacteria in your gut, you have good and you have bad, that you have more DNA in that bacteria than you do your own DNA by about by thousands of times. So that gut bacteria, the microbiome we call it, which we, we look very closely at, controls what your brain does. So it controls your heart. I mean, it, that... It's just amazing what that does, and nobody really realizes it. I, I'll be honest. Like one thing I didn't realize, and it really not till this conversation, is that a probiotic and and gut health. Well, I guess a better way of saying it is a probiotic is really an immune booster. Oh, for sure. And, and I didn't realize that. I, I was thinking it more of, you know, I I want my stomach to feel better, or I want to you know, be able to eat something, you know, without having the consequences of eating something that I might not respond well to. But it seems based on what you just said, that when your gut is working optimally, your body is using nutrients optimally, which then would make it an immune booster. Yeah, think about of your gut as being your immune system. 70% of your immune system is located in your gut. So that's why it's so important. 
you know. So I do recommend everybody takes, of course, D, C, and zinc. Um, but also a probiotic is in there just as equal with it. Um, so think about your gut. But, um, you know, this thing with COVID, I hope we're on the downhill slide with it. Um, it is nationwide and worldwide. Here in East Tennessee, it seems to be kind of peaking, uh, you know, right now. We've certainly seen and heard of a lot of local cases of it. Um, but I'm hoping we'll develop uh, the herd immunity. I'm not so sure about the vaccine yet. Um, how effective that's going to be. I'm sure not going to bank on it. I want to try to keep myself healthy and not even have to rely on a vaccine that may or may not work that could even be dangerous. And we, we, we need to get off here pretty soon, but, but before we get off, I, I want to ask, so as we head into flu season, is there any other advice you would give to the to the people watching and listening in regards to protecting themselves from the flu from the flu and COVID. is it the same dc and zinc and a probiotic same um, thing i'm like you i almost think that the flu season may be lessons this year because people are more hygienic yeah. you know they're not coughing in everybody's face and they're when they're sick they're staying inside they're a little more paranoid and they're maybe hopefully taking care of themselves so my gut feeling is that we won't have the double whammy that people think. And I'm optimistic that everything will bounce back, um, you know, sooner than later. Uh, but no doubt that this COVID has changed the way we think about the world. And uh, hopefully it'll change things, not only in the way we were so vastly unprepared to handle a pandemic that had been predicted decades ago, mm -hmm. And it's shameful that we we did this. And plus, the United States had six months warning, not maybe not six months, but we had so much warning and time to get ready for it. And yet it affected us worse than it did China or Europe. I mean, and because basically um, we've got a sicker population. Um, and uh, so that's what's amazing about it to me. So I hope we'll be better prepared each person can kind of look inside themselves and say, hey, I got to do my part to keep myself and my family healthy. And the first thing I need to do is think about how healthy I am, how my immune system is. And you do that and everything else gets better. Less chronic disease, you feel better, you're more productive, happier, everything. You know, let's use this as an opportunity. I mean, like we've said often, you know, uh, take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. And that's kind of what this dictations episode and everything we're doing at performance medicine audio is all about. Um, you know, one thing I do see, you know, this changing and this might be for another episode that I want to do for sure is that, you know, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more telemedicine visits and I know you're seeing a lot already, um, with COVID we're, we're treating people over the phone, not just with COVID, but if you're not feeling well and a lot of our follow-ups, give us just a quick synopsis of, of your thoughts on telemedicine that's going to lead us into probably our next dictations episode. Um, I really enjoy doing the telemedicine. The patients have enjoyed it because they don't have to come in the office. Nobody really wants to come in the office because we don't let sick people in there still because we don't want to have to shut down because one COVID patient walks in there. And we still do all the hygienic stuff with wearing our mask, cleaning the rooms down thoroughly in the lobby and everything and all our offices. But, um, yeah, I think that um, telemedicine is, is a big part of the future. Um, and, if, again, if you or one of your loved ones thinks they have COVID or has gotten tested and is positive or you're sick, 
don't hesitate to call us because we do have a lot of experience and we're unafraid to treat COVID-19. I've treated so much of it. I'm not afraid to use hydroxychloroquine, which I think works if we use it early. I've seen it work miracles in people and you know it's not for everybody but and there's some other things that we use as well but um, don't hesitate to call one of our offices and, and get on the phone with us and we'll help guide you through this thing and um, another good option for that, thank you for that dr Rajan mentioning that is um, go to our website performancemedicine.net um, there is a there's plenty of opportunities to uh, put your email address in there with a, a message that goes directly to us we look at all of it, and you know, if you are experiencing any symptoms and want somebody to reach out to you, uh, we're happy to do that. Uh, we're going to wrap up. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I like this new Dictations format. Uh, I'm excited for where this is going. Thank you to you guys for watching. Again, if you want this type of content delivered to your inbox every single Monday, uh, sign up at performancemedicine.net for Performance Weekly. That's a, uh, a summary of everything that we're doing on all of our different uh, social channels, whether that's YouTube, whether that's on all the podcast distributions, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, etc. cetera. Uh, you can sign up there and get it all directly to you every Monday morning. Jenny, uh, behind the camera, thank you. Um, Dr. Rogers, thank you. And Thanks, as always, we will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.